Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And good Sunday morning to you. Welcome to this edition of Nature Notes with our natural son, Jim Gilbert, brought to us by Cardinal Corner and By the Yard Outdoor Furniture. We'll talk to Jim in seconds. Danny Long here for what I think is the best nature lover's store, and it's called Cardinal Corner. Pam and Lee tell me that the bird migration has begun. They're singing loud in the morning. You can hear it. And it doesn't matter where you live either. All you need to do to attract birds is water, food, and a place to nest. And Cardinal Corner has birdhouses for any type of bird. Many birds, they say, like cardinals and doves and goldfinches, hummingbirds and orioles, do not nest in houses. So be sure to provide good, clean feeders for them. Have you uh, got their monthly newsletter yet? It's free. All kinds of tips and stories. You can subscribe online at cardinalcorner.com. Also, the freshest bird seed in town. Really is an amazing story. Actually, two locations. Lee and Pam are in West St. Paul, Butler and South Robert. Amy is at the Newport Center. Here's the phone number, 651-455-6556, or as I said, online at cardinalcorner.com. Sign up for that monthly newsletter. Cardinal Corner, you'll find out, is really more than just a birdseed store. And good morning to you, Jim. Officially, let's see, 53 now, 53. 53. Can you believe it, Denny? It's only forty-one here. What a difference! And, and, and we're only we're only about thirty miles about thirty miles west, west. downtown. <laughs> yeah, Minneapolis. Amazing. I, I, I'll tell you what; it's extremely foggy here. Visibility about three hundred feet. That might be because, well, obviously, very moist air, and we've got all this lake ice. Oh, that's this, probably the know, case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably it. But but through the fog, even though I can't see them. I'm hearing the double squawk of a male ringneck pheasant. Morning doves are cooing. Ringneck, or excuse me, red-winged blackbirds are trilling, and American robins are singing. And last night, when I was uh, up kind of late putting these notes together, um, we we had uh, lots of lightning and thunder here. Hmm. And uh, we had yesterday, and a little bit from the from Friday night, an inch of rain. Now, when did you? So, what time of day was the thunder and lightning? Did you hear about twelve fifteen okay. this morning? Interesting. Yeah, and and interesting too is that, like yesterday, lawns started turning green. They did indeed. Isn't that something? Wow! So, so quick. Well, anyway, yeah. today is sunrise six forty three with sunrise seven forty eight sunset. So today in the Twin Cities area, we have thirteen hours and four minutes of daylight, we've gained, well, in fact, we're gaining daylight at a rate of about three minutes and just a few seconds each day. We have gained 22 minutes of daylight since last Sunday, and a total now of four hours and 19 minutes has been gained since the winter solstice on December 21st. Now, this 13 hours and five minutes of daylight today is what we will experience next September 5th. The normal high for today is 53, normal low 33. Records 
for today, April 7th, in the Twin Cities, high 83, set in 1991. That was 28 years ago, 1991, 83. Record low is just six, six above. Um, this On this date, 1936, the most rain, 1.72 inches on this date, 1919. And 96 years ago, it snowed. 8.9 inches on the Twin Cities. 1923, 8.9 inches. We have this waxing, that means new, uh, two-day-old crescent moon. Um, it uh, rose this morning because I couldn't see it. Eight, or not yet. Well, it's rising, 813. And I'm looking right out there, but it's it's cloudy and, and foggy. I can't see it. And uh, this this moon will set tonight at 10.20. Now, our next full moon is Good Friday, April 19th. Denny, in the year 325 A.D., the Council of Nicaea established that Easter would be held on the first Sunday after the first full moon occurring after the vernal equinox. Now, we had vernal equinox, which is a First astronomical day of spring on March 20th, and we will have a full moon two days before Easter. So that'll be April 19th as our next full moon, and then Easter Sunday is the 21st. Kind of complicated, but anyway, that's how they figure out that. Lots of things happening outside right now. Um, each morning, air is filled with all kinds of bird music. You know, like I said, the double squawk of the male ringneck pheasant, woodpeckers drumming, Canada geese honking, American robins singing. In fact, the robins were the first ones that I heard this morning, just uh, not too much after six this morning. Ice covers have begun leaving southern Minnesota lakes while snow lies deep in northern forests and rough grouse have begun drumming. More eastern chipmunks, 13-line ground squirrels, and woodchucks are out and about after spending the winter in underground burrows. Pairs of eastern bluebirds and wood ducks check out nesting boxes. With much honking and fanfare, Canada geese, or I should say Canada goose pairs, claim their wetland nesting territories, and some have begun nest building, and a few are incubating eggs already. Migrating birds arriving, arriving lately include killdeers, great blue herons, great egrets, song sparrows, fox sparrows, brown-headed cowbirds, eastern phoebes, common loons. Everybody looks forward to hearing their first loon. And more waterfalls such as hooded mergansers. Uh, many maple syrup producers, especially in central Minnesota, northern Minnesota, expect good sap runs. Uh, to continue. On warmer days, the western chorus frogs, also called swamp cricket frogs, have been calling with great volume from grassy ponds and roadside ditches. These tiny frogs, which have bodies a little over an inch long, make a sound kind of like a metallic clicker. Red rose or dogwood twigs, it's a native shrub, are bright red and call it the veins of spring. Pussy willow catkins are silver gray and fuzzy, and the twigs 
are now at a perfect stage to cut and bring indoors for a touch of spring. The first garden plant to come into bloom each year in early spring is a common snowdrop. I saw about 60 of these white waxy flowers in a garden at the University of Minnesota Landscape Arboretum Sunday afternoon, March 24th. That was two weeks ago. I went there again Friday early evening, just this past Friday, saw over 200 of these blossoms out. And um, bulbs for for the common snowdrop are planted in early fall uh, for bloom the next spring. The bulbs can be left undisturbed for many years. These plants, with their 5 to maybe 8-inch bright green leaves, are natives of Turkey, the Caucasus Mountains, and other parts of Europe. The same day, two weeks ago, March 24th, I saw a shrub that was blooming already at the Arboretum. It's called Vernal Witch Hazel. I checked it again on just this past Friday, early evening, still blooming nicely. And saw the first pass flower blooming, too. Oh, I'm, oh there's so many things, Danny. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> you know, one thing we talked talk about, and I don't just in case, just in case, there were some... Uh, emails that you got, or at least some texts from last Sunday, and I didn't want to disregard those. But just in case you have them, otherwise we'll just go on with some of the other things. Do you have Do you have them there? Or... Oh yeah, well, plenty of time. Okay. Anyway, um, yesterday I spoke at the forty forty first an- annual Minnesota Bluebird Expo. It was held at Cannon Falls High School. We had a nice. Nice group of people, you know, about 150 or so. Several people I met there have already seen their first spring bluebird migrants, and many more will see eastern bluebirds coming very soon. Keith Radel from Faribault, who has set up and monitors 175 pairs of bluebird nesting boxes. These are 10 feet apart. They do that so that in case tree swallows come, the tree swallows can have one, and the bluebirds can have the other one. But at any rate, he checks these these um, these boxes every week, and this this trail covers 50 miles. But it, if someone wants to provide nest boxes to help cavity nesting birds such as eastern bluebirds or black-capped chickadees, these boxes should never be mounted on trees, fences, wooden posts, or steel fence posts as these mounts provide easy access for predators such as raccoons and cats, and which will come and destroy the eggs and, may, and could eat the young and, and the female uh, bird on the nest. Eastern bluebirds and black-capped chickadees' uh, nest boxes can easily be mounted on predator-resistant half-inch conduit poles, um, and I'm sure these are available at Cardinal Corner and, oh, and sure. Pam and Lee and Amy would know all about this and could help you get started so you could maybe have a bluebird nesting box um, or one for black-capped chickadees in your own yard. Oh, they know how to help you out. There's, there's no Oh, yeah. So speaking of help, you know, I was thinking, Jim, uh, as I'm looking at the forecast, there's snow in the forecast this week, yes, just like it was a year ago. But oh, no. by the yard folks want us to talk a little bit about boating and family trips to the cabin because you know it's going to happen. And, and, oh, 
and cabin owners can agree this is a fun time, but sometimes requires a lot of work, but not if you have by the yard outdoor furniture Jim and I have told you about for years. This is that family-run business down in Jordan, Minnesota, that this huge, beautiful showroom, which is as a, a quick drive down there, 169. But as I said, for your deck, your patio, your dock, your boat, you buy it once, you never have to replace it. You're never going to spend time painting or staining it. Jim, you've had uh, your furniture how many years? I can't even remember. Oh, I've lost track. close to 10. Yeah, I think ours and is closer know, to 20. This, this morning, because it's, it's wet and drippy here, Yeah, I'm just looking at it. It's just like bright green out there. It stays looking new for decades. Oh, yes. And, it's, and again, it's still family-run business, and they're great folks. They make the best patio furniture your money can buy. I'm going to give you a phone number. Uh, you can call after Jim's show, request a catalog. I'll get you a website, too. But Jim and I urge you to uh, check out By the Yard, 952-492-2777, or get on the web at bytheyard.net and see what Jim and I have told you about for all these uh, these years. Oh, yeah, the furniture is great. I saw a truck delivering some By the Yard furniture in our neighborhood this past week. And I don't know how far they went, so... I'm going to look around and see where they put the furniture. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> All right, Jim, what else do you have this morning? Well, uh, Ryan Salisbury, a science teacher from Pillager High School. That Pillager is located just west of Baxter and Brainerd. But he did a presentation yesterday at the at the Bluebird Expo on Lyme and other tick-borne um, diseases and how to avoid tick bites, like walking in the center of trails, wearing white clothing to be able to Spot the ticks easily. Spray clothing and, and shoes with um, permethrin. And uh, anyway, but what happened? One of his students picked up the first of the year deer tick this past Friday, April 5th, in the Pillsbury State Forest that's right near their school. And I say that to so just people be aware. You don't want to be bit by one of these ticks. There's always a chance of getting sick. And uh, it takes this um, Lyme disease, uh, there's so many parts of it and, and so many things that happen that just be just be careful, just be warned. Don't have to be hyper about it, but just just be careful. Um, Beth and Amy, or Beth and Andy Urban, uh, I also met them at the Bluebird Expo. They live on the shore of Eagle Nest Lake Number 2, southwest of just southwest of Ely. They report there's still 11 inches of snow on the ground, good snowshoeing. <laughs> the land uh, and uh, ice is all the way to the shore, so there's not this open water like you see in the in the Twin City area lakes. But um, pine grosbeaks have been gone for about two weeks and went back to Canada. Same thing with the pine siskins. Uh, a good share of them have left uh, for their nesting area in Canada. But last Monday, April 1st, they were driving south and noticed that great blue herons had returned to the rookery at Pine City. Tom and Lisa Bovers from Fairboat report that the ice went out of Wells Lake this past Tuesday, April 2nd. Um, American white pelicans were seen on the lake. A Canada goose was spotted on a nest on the same day at Riverbend Nature Center. That's in Fairboat. On Friday the 5th, they saw about 20 dark-eyed juncos in their backyard. And 
they they didn't have nearly that many before. So what's happening is some of the dark-eyed juncos that maybe went into Iowa for the winter are now on their way back. And so more of them are at their feeding station. And um, Tom spotted his first sharp-lobed hepatica. That's the first wildflower that blooms in the forest. That was at Riverbend Nature Center just this past Friday. Art and Barb Straub from the Sewer Report, um, both bald eagle parents take turns feeding their young nestling. There may be two, but they're not sure yet. The nest is hard to see, but you can with a spotting scope. American robins have begun nest building there. Eastern bluebirds are claiming nesting boxes, and woodcocks continue displaying. Ray and Marley and Simon live on the edge of Northfield Report, um, hearing greater sandhill cranes calling. That was just yesterday morning. A black-capped chickadee pair had begun has begun nest building. Yesterday, honeybees were bringing in pollen, and I'm pretty sure because I I was in Northfield just yesterday that that the blooming uh, tree is silver maple, and where pollen is is available now for these honeybees. They have 23 bird species coming to their feeding station, including red-winged blackbirds, common grackles, lots of dark-eyed juncos migrating through, and a newly arrived tufted titmouse, and still a few pine siskins. Diana and Dave Herring, who live near Waterville, report that the ice went out of Horseshoe Lake. That's on the edge of Rice and uh, Lesseur counties, so it shares two counties. Just happened yesterday, ice out of Horseshoe Lake. Last Sunday, an eastern meadowlark was heard on their CRP land, and Monday they heard and saw a song sparrow there on the CRP land. On Thursday the 4th, they pulled their taps from the sugar maple trees, ending their maple syruping season. This year, the two of them, and they're collecting, you know, they have these plastic bags, and they're, it's all hand work. They collected enough sap to make 40 gallons of maple syrup, the two of them. They must be exhausted. Um, on the same day, on the 4th, they saw the first earthworm castings. Those are called middens. Jerry and Judy Gray, who live near Winstead, report that uh, on an island, uh, in a pond that they have right next to their home, there's a uh, a nesting goose that's uh, on her nest incubating the eggs since Thursday the 4th. Now, it'll take 28 days for these eggs to hatch. On the same pond yesterday, ringneck ducks, common golden eyes, lesser scalp were there. Those are ducks. And... The great eager was seen. Mary Brislance from Luton says that Luton Mountain Ski Area continues to be open each day and will be through April 14th, and then they'll be open for the last two weekends of April. She has been golfing at the the, the National Golf Course there, Luton that Luton National, and looked up and has been has seen skiers on the hill. But she's not golfing yet, but she says it's going to happen this year again, she thinks. Still much snow on the ground, the forest there, but Mary reports that the first eastern chipmunk was out yesterday. Paul Grusing reports 17 more lakes in Martin County, that's south of 
and these lakes are south of Fairmont, lost their ice covers between April 1st and the 4th. These include North Silver and Wilmert Lakes on April 1st, Iowa and South Silver Lake on the 2nd, Sisseton and Bud Lake, these are well-known lakes right in Fairmont, and Amber, uh, that was on the 3rd, and then Amber and Hall Lakes on the 4th. And now Paul has so far given me 20 ice out dates that I share with the with the State Climatology Office and the Minnesota DNR. Well, Jim, I see the clock is telling us we're uh, we're out of time. And let me quickly go through a couple of text yeah. messages, if I may. Uh, yeah. Text said, "What's the difference between a tundra swan and a trumpeter?" You tell them by the sound. Uh, trumpeters sound like trumpet players. Um, the tundra sound is kind of a muffled musical whistle. And let's see, Robin started singing this morning in Wells, Minnesota, about 5, 5 a.m. this morning. Wow. Let's see, Red Wing Blackbirds uh, in the Community Garden Pond at Faith Lutheran in Spicer this morning. Spicer, so we, yeah. we thank our texters for that. Let's uh, talk again next week. What do you say, Jim? Sure, look forward to it. Thank you. Have a good week. You too. Thanks so much. Jim Bye Gilbert's now. Nature Notes next week here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Get those general health questions ready. An open line show with Dr. David Hilden coming up next here on CCO. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.